Yeah, so those are just the voice notes that you've been sending through. I think a lot of people disheartened uh, after hearing Mandisa's story, and rightfully so, because these are, uh, you know, South Africans that have literally had to fend for themselves, very little support in a conflict situation. And, um, yeah, the, the details of it, absolutely chilling. And, you know, you, like one of our listeners said earlier, you simply can't understand what being in a situation like that is like, uh, I think, until you're actually forced to go through it uh, and understand then the full spectrum of emotions that uh, Mandisa and uh, some of her colleagues, some of the fellow South African students have been going through over the last week. We're going to change a focus now and get into our final conversation of the day for our health talk today. We're talking about how to live and how to cope with depression. Dr. Kama Korsi is a psychiatrist and head of division general adult psychiatry at the Department of Psychiatry and Mental Health at the University of Cape Town. Dr. Korsi, good morning to you and thank you for your time today. Well, good morning, Cassie. Um, thank you for inviting me. Of course, the, this issue has been, you know, quite topical in, in the country for some time. But over the last uh, week, we, we have seen it take center stage uh, after the passing away of rapper Ricky Rick, who, who you know, took his own life. And the, the sentiment that has been expressed there is that even when he was alive, he talked about the struggle of living with depression and just how it was a constant battle, you know, to, to survive these cycles that he would have to go through. And when we look at the responses that people have had um, to, to Ricky Rick, it really shows the extent to which many of us, and I include myself, do not understand what depression is and and how best we can support people around us that are living with this mental illness. And and I think if we can start there, you know, to, to really just have this be a moment where we can all learn and understand better what this disease is. Hmm. Thanks, Cathy. You know, I, I, I think that depression and, and 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 suicide, those two things are very prevalent in our society. And I, and I want to start off by saying that, you know, it cuts across cultures, cuts across religions, cuts across age groups, cuts across finances, and that you don't have to be a certain kind of person to get depressed. It, you know, we all can get depressed and we all do get depressed. And in South Africa, you know, there's one death every four hours from suicide. So depression and subsequent suicide is not something that is rare in our South African context. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to highlight that at the outset. What is depression? I think most people don't know what depression is. And, and the way I like to explain it is that we need to think of depression as a big tree with many branches. 
and that the branches are the symptoms, but the tree is the illness itself. And, and the branches vary. It can be symptoms where people feel joyless every day, most of the day for a long period of time. People might feel sadness every day, most of the day for a long period of time. So not only depressed person is sad, some people just feel no joy. And with that sadness or, or joylessness, you know, we don't sleep well, we might not eat well, we might lose weight, we might have what we call cognitive symptoms. So we can't focus, we can't read, we forget, we misplace things, we might get irritable and not want to be around our friends, not want to be around our children. Um, we get tired all the time, we have thoughts of self-harm and actions of self-harm. And the thoughts of self-harm or suicide, they vary. So some people, it might be a thought that, oh, you know, if God was to take me in my sleep, it might not be a bad thing. Other people might have a plan that they carry out. But just the thought of dying, the thought of not being around is a worrying sign and it is a symptom. And people feel slow and they feel that their thoughts are slow. So those are the many branches. Another branch, which I forgot to mention, is, is pain. So a lot of people have chronic headaches. You know, people have stress and they express it in headaches. Um, so those are the common symptoms that um, people present as caffeine. Th thank you so much for for that analogy and, and you know this idea of of depression being a tree with many branches i think is a really really uh, good explanation because often when it comes to defining a depression uh you know people want to use specific markers so if you say you are feeling you know depressed or you're feeling sad but you're not exhibiting all of what are considered the common symptoms of depression then um, there is a likelihood of people being dismissed do you find that yes no I, I we find it very often I think the, the difficulty with being depressed uh, is that you know it's an Everything is felt internally. There's very few symptoms that someone on the outside can pick up and, and notice themselves. And for most of us, we want to be our very best in public. And for most of us, we don't want to share the difficulties and distressing news with other people. Um, so I, I do think that a lot of times uh, it's minimized that you know people don't necessarily understand that all these different branches are a particular tree. You know, we focus on the branch, but we don't look at the bigger picture, mm. um, which is the tree. Dr. Kosi, we're going to continue our conversation in a bit for our health talk today. We're focusing on depression. I'll also be taking your calls as part of this conversation. It's 11.30 now. Luanda has your headlines. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation this morning. We're talking about depression for our health talk. How do you identify depression? How do you know as a person if, in fact, 
you are just going through what is a low period in your life or if you may well be exhibiting signs of depression. Dr. Kama Kosi is our guest for today, and he'll be taking your related questions on the subject. Uh, you can call us in on 011-714-2006, on the WhatsApp line 614 uh, Dr. Kosi, this is often a question that, you know, comes up a lot where we as individuals wonder and ask ourselves if we are depressed. And often it comes, you know, when one is experiencing maybe not such great moments in their lives. Um, I think generally when things are going good, um, people don't always question their mental state. But when things are going bad, and like you're saying, you, you're beginning to see darkness, you're not necessarily seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. People ask, well, am I depressed? How can I begin to make sense of this perhaps spectrum of emotions that, that I'm experiencing? Mm. Yes, I think so. So I think that, um, you know, feeling down is a normal human experience. There's, there's no one who's never felt sadness or felt down. I think that the, the critical thing for depression is that we feel sadness or joylessness every day, most of the day, for a long period. And, and that long period, it's two weeks or more. So it's not feeling down or joyless today and then being fine the next day. It's every mm. day. It's most of the day, and it's for a long period. And with feeling down, we also have these other branches. So I'm not just feeling down, or I'm not just feeling joyless, but I'm also not sleeping, and I'm getting, and I'm getting headaches, and this, and this, and that. And I think for, for all of us as individuals, we know when we are not our best in terms of our functioning. So whatever role we have in life, we know when we are not doing what we want to be doing. So, you know, as a parent, if I know that, you know, today I was very snappy at my child, and, you know, if I know that today at work I cut corners, you know, we know if, if our functioning is being impaired, then mm. I would say we must see someone. D so to be does, de mm, does depression always inhibit the ability of one to function? And, and, and I ask this question because sometimes, let's say when you have uh, people who are struggling with substance abuse or maybe even, you know, addictions, you, you do have what is often described as functional alcoholics where people are able to mm. still be able to continue with their day-to-day -day duties and activities, but yet on the other side, of course, are, are, are fighting this, this battle. Yes, yeah. So, the, you know, the, the, the function is relative for each person. And, and a good way to think about it is, is um, you know, if one goes for a run, if you go for a run on on sand, or if you go for a run on the road, you might achieve the same distance, but the effort one puts in 
is a lot more unsad. Mm. And when we see people who are depressed, not everyone is falling apart. It's not that you're falling apart and you're not getting up at all. It's just that the things that you normally do with ease are now t- taking a lot more effort from you. That, you know, just, just being with my family uh, at dinner time, watching television, that is hard work for someone who's depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still there. They're still sitting there, but they're sitting there with a lot of effort. Um, and I think, yeah, so that, that's how I'd answer that. that when it comes to trying to understand this this burden um, that that you know people who who are dealing with depression often describe, um, some people say, well, you know, uh, go to a therapist, go to a psychologist, and get help so that whatever it is that that you're struggling with can go away. Is it as easy as that? Uh, and why is it that we find that sometimes it doesn't go away and that these are different cycles um, that people have to deal with on an ongoing basis? So so I think, you know, the, the, the reasons why people get depressed are, are there's two broad groups. There are people who have a lot of um, biological risk. So in also in Stoffel, you know, they're, they're prone to get depressed biologically. And even if everything was perfect, they are likely to get depressed. There are other groups of people where physically they've got no risk whatsoever, but they go through so much stress that they get depressed. But for the vast majority of us, it's a combination of our biology and our stresses in our day-to-day life. Mm. And when it comes to the treatment, the different kinds of treatments focus differently on the different things. So medications help, help primarily with the biological risk and the biological side, whereas the therapies help with the stresses. But if you only do therapy for someone who's got a lot of biology, it's not going to necessarily help. And I think that's what happens sometimes. Mm. And and that's an aspect that is not fully understood. So when it comes to the tests that somebody like yourself would want a patient to undergo, what kind of tests would one have to do to see if, in fact, you know, the part of, of the depression is being contributed to because of, of their physical makeup, the biology, as you're saying, where there are imbalances there? So, so I think as, as doctors, um, we, we always first of all want to exclude a, a medical reason why someone is depressed. Mm. So there are, there are illnesses such as um, anemia, where what's colloquially called low, low blood by a lot of tosser people, for example, um, where someone will get tired all the time, they'll get headaches, you know, they won't sleep well. So that could look like depression. Um, there's problems with certain glands in the body, so the thyroid gland, if it's not working the way it should be working, 
one might get depressed. There are different infections, what we call chronic infections, um, that can present with depression. So as doctors, we always, it's important that we always exclude the medical causes for depression. And our tests would be geared at, at doing that, making sure that we're not needing to treat something physical as well as something psychological. We're talking about depression and how we better understand at least um, this disease from a clinical perspective. And I know that there may be a lot of you who are either struggling with depression or know people that are uh, struggling with depression. Dr. Corsi is on the line and he'll be able to offer practical um, advice that you can take on and hopefully it will help improve the, the quality uh, of life for uh, people across the board. So let me go to the phone lines. Of course, you can dial us in on 011-714-2006. Let me go to Nalsprate. Mozi, good morning to you. Um, I have a question for the doctor. So mm. recently I went to the doctor and... Um, she told me I have exactly what the doctor just described now, thyroid, low thyroid uh, function, low blood pressure, low blood sugar, everything. And I told this doctor that there, this happened because I got depressed, because my career went south. I'm 27 years old, and I knew what I wanted. I just wanted to publish my comic book. I, I worked very hard, and life has only done me dirty. I, I was married, and... She got pregnant with some other man's wife, and the, left, uh, the lockdown did not help. And so uh, currently right now, yes, I'm always depressed, low mood, um, frustrated. I'm unemployed. Mm. Every time I try to apply, there's always a story. And I always feel like I should just jump off the cliff. Every single day, I wish I could commit suicide. So... I, what, what advice can, can I get as a young man who's ambitious but every time tries to do something, the doors are just shut in his face violently? What advice is there? What can I do? Mm -hmm. And, and mm. before we get to, to Dr. Kozi, how long have, have you been feeling this way? So is it something that, that happened after the events that you're telling us about, uh, you know, about uh, your partner and, and what happened there? Or is it something that started before then, but every time you do have these experiences where you're disappointed, you feel like a door is being shut in your face, then you begin to experience a, a swell of these symptoms? Well, it started in near the end of 2019 uh, mm -hmm. when I was about to graduate. And the fear of going back home, because I was still applying uh, in my third year for jobs, the fear of going back home was growing so much, and I started getting panic attacks, and I ended up going to a uh, mental institution for a day uh, to calm the nerves. So that was the first time where I experienced this level of panic of my life and a sudden feeling of true helplessness. But then in 2020, when I got married and uh, I was about to start prison training, I was going to be a prison officer, then the lockdown happened and devastated everything. And then, yeah, those feelings came back. And then the partner doing what she did 
uh, in 2021 uh, also just added more fuel to the fire. So ultimately, something that started in 2019 was the fear of not being able to be a responsible person. Mm. Okay. Uh, Dr. Kosi, let me bring you in here. Um, so, so Muzi, I, mean, I want to start off by saying I'm, I'm really sorry to hear what you're going through. Um, my, my, my advice would be to continue some of the things that you're doing. So I'm, I'm encouraged to hear you say that you are seeing a, a physical person, a, a medical practitioner, because I think it's important to make sure that physically you look after when it comes to your thyroid and, and the low blood. And it's important that, you know, psychologically, that that doctor is able to make sure um, that you have a discussion about pros and cons of any medication that they might deem necessary. I, 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 you know, a big part of depression is what happens in our lives, the stresses in our lives. And if we don't help you with those stresses that you're experiencing in your life, you know, then we're not going to be doing a good job. So I'm, I'm going to encourage you to first off reach out to, to the South African Depression and Anxiety Group if you haven't already. What they're able to do is to find therapists, psychologists close to you. They'd be able to link you up with a social worker that's close to you to, and also possibly an occupational therapist that's close to you to help you in terms of you know, a, a, a getting to return to work um, and also some financial support in the interim if you need advice about how to get financial support. So South African Depression and Anxiety Group is a good resource. Also, of course, there are the, you know, the Department of Health clinics where one is able to access medical doctors and where one is able to access psychological support and social workers who can help with difficulties at work and help with um, financial support uh, tells you how to apply for the relevant financial support. So that's, that would be my advice. Okay. Thank Muzi, you. I appreciate it. Does that yeah. help you? Yeah, yeah, it does help. I'll, I'll, I haven't right. tried the depression hotline. I'll, I'll try that. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in and, and for sharing your story with us. And, and I certainly hope that the journey ahead will be a better one as you take on all of these uh, different interventions to help support you. You know, Dr. Kozi, Muzi was speaking about just the anxiety of leaving school, not knowing what the future looks like and job prospects. And I can only imagine the number of young people that are in that position in a country like South Africa where millions are unemployed and you move from a state of that anxiety initially of not being able to get employment or of being uncertain about your future, but you get stuck there simply because there are no prospects for you. There is no light at the end of the tunnel for you. And, 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 and I think that we'll find a lot of young people today in this country who are struggling with depression as a result of 
the economic situation that this country finds itself in. And yes, maybe other factors, but, but certainly th that would be a, a, a big contributing factor too. Yes. So, so I, I, I mean, you know, for us to be healthy and for us to be well, we need, we need to be fulfilled in all the aspects of our lives. And we, we need to have financial security. You know, we need to have a place to stay. You know, we, those things are important. Um, and whenever we face challenges like that, it's a big stress for depression. For young people in particular, you know, internationally, we know that people in the age groups of 50 to 29 are at very high risk um, for depression and at very high risk for suicide. And it, it, it is a particular age group that's vulnerable. Um, so my advice to someone who is in that situation is that, you know, if, if you think you may be depressed, do something about it and do something early about it. You know, pick up the phone, call a helpline, or get up and go and speak to a, a, a health professional. Um, they can do a proper screen and they can advise you of the options that are available. So in, in South Africa, you know, in our, in our health service, when someone is unable to work because of an illness, you know, one is able to access certain accommodations, including temporary disability grants on the grounds of being unwell to work. You know, and for some people, that might be the leg up that they need. Um, it might be the opportunity um, that they need to relieve one of the stresses in their life. We continue the conversation on the talking point. I'll be taking more of your calls. Dr. Kama Kosi is uh, speaking to us today about depression. The number to dial 011-714-2006. Are you living with depression? What are some of the tools that you have employed that have made it a bit easier for you to get through each and every single day? I think I'd also love to hear that perspective as well. We're going to continue the conversation after this quick break. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We continue our health talk for today. We're focusing on depression. Uh, let me take you then to um, our caller from Bloemfontein, Deboho. Deboho, good morning to you. Good morning, Lottie. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you. Thanks for calling in, Deboho. All right. Thank you. Uh, this want to ask I I sometimes just don't know what to do. But um I was I think it was now yes it was now in uh, September last year when I was in a psychiatric hospital because of depression. But the problem that I have is I don't know okay, if uh, what I'm asking would be possible to get an answer for. I, I sometimes, even when I'm seeing a specialist, I feel nothing. And mm. the depression gets deeper and deeper each day because I thought maybe because of the series of events that happened in, around me and maybe the childhood or uh, my childhood in general caused that. But then 
through therapy and, and everything that I went through, it's as though I'm, I'm doing nothing because at times I just even don't know how to feel because you just feel sad and you don't know what to do because it's not helping. I'm seeing a specialist, I'm seeing, uh, I'm in a psychiatrist, but what is it that I can do if, if the doctor can help me? Is there any further step that I can take other than what I've already done? Mm. And Tabuho, how long have you been going for therapy for now? Um, it actually started with because um, firstly I went to just the psychology because then that um, escalated to anger and, and a whole lot of things that contributed. So it was, I think, uh, that was in 2019 when I started the whole process of uh, the, the therapist and the psychologist. But up to now, yes, a certain part of me feels a bit better. But in mm. most cases, I still feel the same. And I feel like I'm not doing enough because at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to support or disappoint my family. Or I also struggle with it because I'm a father and I want my children to, you know, see the best for me. And, I, and I'm struggling deep down. I'm struggling with that. And I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And in terms mm-hmm. of how this uh, affects and, and manifests itself, Dabuho, give me practical examples of the way in which it, it gets in the way of you being able to live a, a full life. Can you say that again, please, so, so I'm saying that the way in which this, uh, you know, the depression manifests itself, because you're talking about the expectations uh, from your family, the fact that they want you uh, to get better, you being an example for your children. So are there any specific ways that uh, the depression manifests itself that you believe gets in the way of, of your quality of, of life and the fullness of the relationships that you're able to have with your loved ones? Yes, it does. It does, uh, if I understand you correctly, but it does mm-hmm. affect me uh, because, like I said, in most times, I, I don't know how to feel. And sometimes I shut the people that I love out mm-hmm. because I, I don't know how to react in some situations. I don't know how to, I don't even know what to say at times. You know, at times you only find out at a later stage that, you know what, You've been hurting people around you because of mm. certain things that you've been doing or a certain way that you've been feeling. But at times I'm not even aware that that's how I feel. Because sometimes it will affect me in a way that I won't be eating, say, it can go up to three days or whatsoever without having any appetite. Or then you get so moody and then you get all of those things. You just don't feel like talking to anyone at that point. Mm. Okay. Thank you for that, Taboho. Uh, Dr. Kosi? Hi, Taboho. Um, Hello, Dr. I'm, I, I want to, to commend you on, on what you've done so far. I think the fact that you have seen a specialist, you are seeing a therapist, and that you are staying in treatment, I think that that's very good. And I want to encourage you to keep doing that. 
What I, what I'd like to say to you is is that depression, unfortunately, is an illness where recovery is measured in terms of weeks and months. And every time we start a particular kind of medication or adjust the dose of a medication, we would expect at least two to three weeks before it starts having full effect. Why I'm saying this to you is because I, I would want you to go back to your psychiatrist and ask them about the different treatment options that have been attempted. So when we look at everyone's depression, only 30, just a third of patients will get better on the first medications that we choose. So there's more than 10 different kinds of antidepressants, but you know we know that a third of people will get better on any one of them. And thereafter, we would need to go to the next step in the treatment process. So I know that it's hard for you to experience what you're experiencing, um, but it has been a relatively short time. It's been um, four months, and I would suspect that there are other options that the psychiatrist will make available. That would be my advice. So there are other options out there, but I want your psychiatrist to discuss those with you. Um, All right, yes, yeah, because at the, at the moment, uh, the, um, on uh, uh, the medication that I was given. So that, when I'm, at least when that happens, it makes me feel much better when, when I'm having, uh, the, when I'm taking the medication. So, but now the problem also was, uh, for how long am I going to depend on this medication? That was the other problem that I had. So sometimes you try to cope inside the medication, and absolutely you don't. You don't, because if you don't take the medication, then you feel a certain way, which mm. is not a good way. Yes. So, now, I mean, Kathy, if I may answer, mm -hmm. so... You know, with medications, it's important for us to understand the purpose of the medication. So to go back to the analogy of depression being a tree, antidepressants, the group of medications called antidepressants, they get rid of the whole tree. And for antidepressants, our recommendation is generally that one needs to be on the medication for at least six months from the time when you feel good. So when you say to me, Doc, I'm feeling fine now, I'm able to manage the stress in my life, and then your doctor at that point would say to you, well, continue with the antidepressant for at least six months. The other kinds of medications that we use, we use to cut particular branches of the tree. And those medications we tend to use for a short time. So someone may be given uh, medication to help them sleep. Someone may be given medication to help them with anxiety. Um, but those medications we use for short periods of time. Antidepressants, the ones we use for depression, as a class, they are not addictive. So you're not going to need more and more and more of them. And when you 
you stop taking them, you're not going to feel side effects or withdrawal or blah, blah, blah. Antidepressants you can use for a long time and they're safe. But medications that we use to cut the branches, though some of those may be problematic if you use long term. Mm-hmm. So I, I would I would urge you not to lump them all into one thing because they do very different things. Um, and have this conversation with your doctor and they can tell right. you which ones are which. All right. Deborah, I certainly hope that that has helped you today. Uh, Dr. Kosi, let me thank you so much for coming onto the show and being part of the conversation. I think this is definitely a conversation we need to be having more often and more regularly, given just the extent and the scope of South Africans that are dealing with depression, whether publicly or privately so. Uh, that's where we leave it then for today on the Talking Point. Up next is the update at noon. Flo Litwabai in for Sakina today. Flo, good, good afternoon. Thank you.